0: And we are recording yay all right welcome to tea and contemplation our last edition for january i almost said february and then i realized no we are still we're going to be here in february and it's not february yet this is our last one for january <laughs> uh so go ahead and get your hot water started for your tea if you need to move about your space to go ahead and do so we're going to be here for a bit so there's no There's no rushing Uh, just do what you need to do to get settled in but um, as we are doing this as we're starting our hot water and gathering anything that we need for our tea practice so our, our tea bowl or tea mug we're going to be using loose leaf tea that we want to to work with maybe a journal if that's part of our practice to um to take pause and to just capture whatever is floating around up there and, and put it into some words and ponder on those words later. We might want to get a journal too. And just taking a moment to also bookend <clears throat> what January is for us. So our theme for January has been exploring patterns. The, the patterns that we kind of come have baked in already, the ones that we develop over the course of our whole lifetime, the ones that are newer, that maybe are in response to circumstances or become adaptive practices. And starting with consideration for what patterns are useful for us before we even start tinkering around with this idea of what do we want to change about ourselves in the new year. Right, like it's not really, we're, I think uh, Adam and I are trying to gently discourage <laughs> the idea that we change things more of the idea that we sit with what's there and so starting with our tea practice this is a way of helping us to just really settle into this idea of what is there what are we starting with and so whenever we have what we need everything gathered up our hot water ready to go boop start the hot water let's just first take a moment to arrive Meaning to settle into the feeling and the sensation of sitting wherever you are, just really in full awareness of where you're sitting, the room that you're in, the direction you're facing in that room, the quality of the light in your room today, maybe it's a little bit different. As we start getting into almost the later part of winter, our light in the morning has changed. Maybe the smells in the air are different. What sounds can you hear in your space today? What do you feel beneath you as you notice yourself sitting on your cushion, really observing the points of the body that are supported, like really noticing what points are actually touching something else? Can we encourage the body to release a little bit more holding into that support? There's an amount of effort. That the bones and the muscles are doing to keep us upright, and then there is also an amount of effort that is just tension. It's just habit, pattern. So, can we release a little bit and just noticing the effect on settling into the weight, into the gravity of where we're sitting. Maybe how that feels to just let a little bit go. And then we turn our attention for a moment to the breath. We just notice that we're breathing. We don't try to change it or deepen it, lengthen it. Just simply appreciating and saying hello to our breath this morning. Noticing the feeling and the texture of our breathing this morning. And we'll check back in with the breath as we go, just to see what shifts, almost like little shifts in the wind, when the seasons change. As we get into this practice, we notice these little shifts in the breath. And those can be important clues for us. For how we're responding to something, how we're responding to an idea, a practice, a message that we're receiving. You know, we hear something that sounds like it could be helpful information, sounds like it could be useful we can check it with the breath and we can see, well, what does the body think? Does the breath catch a little bit when we hear something? Does it become thinner? Is there a tension? Does the location of it become more localized instead of fluid? Or does the breath become softer, more relaxed, easier? How does the body respond to what the input is? So just sit here for another moment or so before we transition to our tea and just notice what is is your body telling you this morning through your breath? How are you feeling right now? And then now inviting into our practice space, sphere of our awareness, we shift our attention to our tea. And so I invite you to just pick up the tea that you're going to be practicing with today, holding it with two hands. Taking a moment to greet your tea to notice what tea you have. Invited into your space, maybe it's in a little package, and we can open the package. Maybe it's loose leaf, and it's in a little dish. Take a moment to just recognize the leaves, recognize the colors and the textures of the leaves, the sensation of dry leaf before it is transformed. So we, interestingly, we use the same word "tea" to describe tea at all stages of being. We say tea when it is growing on the bush. And we say tea when we have picked that fresh leaf. And tea once it is rolled and dried and shaped into what you see in front of you, in your hand. We also call tea once we brew it. We don't really have different words for the different stages of it. Maybe that's worth considering. Can we recognize something at different stages of its being? What name do we call it? Bringing the tea to the nose, smelling the leaves that you have today. Just noticing, again, how the body responds, what the aroma of this particular tea is like. And if any expectation comes up, perhaps as we smell this tea, what we think it's going to be like, what areas in the body light up when we smell this tea, where do we notice it? We take our time as we do this practice, as we breathe and smell this tea, consider that often when we're smelling something in our day-to-day life, it's more to just receive a confirmation or an answer of something. You take quickly take a sniff and then you put it back. It's a transaction. It's just data gathering. In this case, in this practice, what we do when we are breathing in the tea at different stages, before we're brewing it and then during the brewing, we are learning to be with our own breath in the presence of tea. We're not searching for information, making tasty notes and confirming things and then moving on. We are breathing with this tea. Then we serve ourselves a little portion of the leaves. The practice is taking a little small pinch of tea, thumb and first few fingers, putting it loose inside the bowl so we don't need Anything else really to brew our tea. It's very unfiltered direct way of experiencing The tea here. And then if our hot water is ready, we can get our kettle taking a moment to just move in a relaxed way in our space to get our hot water. And slowly adding water over the leaves. So moving as slow as we can, depending on your kettle shape, the shape of the spout, you need to hold it in a certain way so as to add the water slowly over the tea. Enjoying the sound of this, the visual of how the leaves move as you add water. How the steam rises in the air to greet the morning. And setting our kettle down, we what is happening in the bowl. With the tea. This is a very different way of brewing tea than perhaps we're used to in a lot of westernized contexts, where the tea, again, thinking about that word tea, we're used to often thinking as just the drink, it is the finished quote unquote product. But what we see when we practice tea in this way, we see the whole process of that transformation every stage of it, we connect with what actually happens when we look at that process, how the leaves unfold, how they relax into the water, how they offer up aroma and color, they surrender their weight to the water. And there is an interesting phenomenon in that the T is changing in front of us, and yet it is also remaining the same. There's a part of it that no matter how we handle it's still going to be the same. A through line. And so when we get up close to our tea in this way. When we watch it as a way of also watching ourselves, It, it gives us a way of understanding some of our own internal process. If the tea bowl is a comfortable temperature, we can lift the bowl and bring it again to the nose, just like we did with the dry tea, and we can breathe. Breathing the tea, the aroma, and the warmth of it. And just noticing here, how is it different? How has it changed? From before we added water, it has shifted. And how does your own breath change as well as you are breathing in this tea? At first, Maybe the mind is rather busy and occupied as we're breathing the tea. Thoughts like trying to name what we're experiencing, relate it to something. Maybe we're remembering things. It's all that surface activity, all that steam on the surface. And as we stay with it, a little bit longer. Maybe things can quiet a little bit. Maybe there's a bit more space between the thoughts, like space between clouds and the sky. There's more of a steady rhythm to the thoughts rather than these big sparks of something that come and go Is taking a moment here, maybe it, it can also be helpful to add a count. Sometimes counting can help settle the mind. So we can stay with the breath here with our leaves to the count of 10. So one inhale and one exhale, that counts as one. And then inhale, exhale, two. And just try. Staying with the breath for the count of 10 with your T, and see what happens. And if you lose your count, that's okay, because it's actually not about the numbers. This isn't math class. Just breathing. And then whenever you reach 10, just lowering the bowl for a moment and noticing the transition of just breathing now the air around you. A change that probably happens quite a bit throughout the day, differences in the air around us and we don't really notice unless we slow the process down what is similar about the two and what is different. You're noticing that they are still part of the same whole. It's not a before and after or one side of something and the other side of it, it's actually the same. It's just a different continuation of that experience from what's in the bowl to how it expands to the room around you. And if the tea seems like it's an okay temperature to take a sip from, we can take a sip from our bowl here. And You might need to negotiate a little bit with some of the leaves that are floating It's also part of the practice. The newness of drinking fully loose tea, unfiltered, getting your nose up and leaf. It's a very different experience. Noticing also what it's like, even just the different posture that we take as we do this, holding the tea with two hands Does that feel like to center our attention in what we're doing so directly? Does it slow you down at all? Does it change where the thoughts go? I'm taking just a sip or so of tea at a time and and lowering the bowl and just pausing to notice. What does each sip of tea feel like? The sensory impact that that makes. So the taste buds, in the nose, internal feeling of temperature and texture and weight, just noticing how we feel that. watching the tea as it goes all the way down, down the throat, behind the chest, and into the belly. And noticing if, as we're drinking our tea, are we holding our breath? Are we holding our breath and waiting for something to happen? Because there's not like a magic thing that happens, spoiler alert, it is just drinking tea. That's the practice. So check back in with your breath. Is it still moving and where is it moving? Just taking a sip or two again, your own pace, your own time, as much tea as you wanna drink. And then pausing after each sip to just feel inside. And there's gonna be a whole lot that you might notice that feels pretty much the same. And there might be some little things that shift. Just the awareness of sensation and the awareness and texture of the breath. And we can consider for ourselves Is that little shift, does it feel like it's something that's mostly around the edges? Just a little bit of softness and feathering and blending? Or is it perhaps feel something a little bit more central? Could you almost be like a foundational sense of awareness, context for something? So this work of stabilizing and observing changes in our pattern. It could be like little parts of the pattern, little weaves, little knots, or it could be a whole new arrangement of something. And so T as a physical practice helps bring awareness to what some of that might feel like. And as we shift into our contemplation for today's session. I invite you to keep coming back to your tea as we're sitting and talking. You could drink more of the same bowl, you could add fresh water to the leaves and see what else comes up to the surface today. We're just sitting and considering for yourself, what are you expecting to happen? How will you know if it shows up?
1: OM OM PURNAM ADHA PURNAM MIDAM Asya purnam Adaya Purnam Eva Vashishate Om Shanti 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 So this is one of the Peace Chants, Shantipats, that comes to us uh, through the Vedic tradition, through the Upanishads. And uh, I grabbed my, my book so I could read you the English translation. I'm <clears throat> I always memorize the Sanskrit, but I never <laughs> memorize the translation. Okay. Um, so this chant is built around this word purna which can be translated as fullness or completeness. And so this translation that's offered here, this is from uh, Richard Freeman. That is the perfect whole. This is the perfect whole. From the whole comes the whole. The whole remains whole. Even as the whole comes out of the whole. And so that's W-H-O-L-E, whole, full. And so it, it always feels, the translation always feels really doctor Susie" to me. Uh, <clears throat> and I thought it would be a good chant to share today because it speaks to the paradox of our subject. That, um, you know, there's, there really is no stabilizing of transformation on any on any plane or realm that um, we might call material in any way everything is always moving you know the things that appear not to be moving are simply moving at speeds that we cannot perceive stones and trees they're just they're just transforming at slower paces And yet, everything is purna, it's full, complete, somehow. Sue said this isn't math class, but I think it might be, actually. This might be math class, <laughs> because... Because, oh, sorry, fading out there. Um, because if we look at you know where we are, our given condition, where w- what happened to bring us here, and then we start to look at where we're going, there is like a lot of there's so many calculations on one level. You know, when you really start to like unwind and disentangle. Different elements and impacts, conditions, contexts, desires, intentions, obstacles, oppressions, repressions. It's like, this is complex stuff. And <clears throat> I think it's probably more processing power than than my brain certainly has to try to project too far into the future. And I often find that when I am struggling, when I feel when I feel within myself as though I am suffering um, in ways that don't seem directly related to an external force, when I just show up in my life having a bad day, uh, a lot of that has to do with a prior projection being in conflict with with how I perceive myself, you know, where where I ended up. It's like, oh, was the math off? To have the angle wrong. One of my teachers, a really brilliant uh, woman named Elisa Commerce has spoken about, you know, I was was in session with her and, she asked us all to come up with. And Susan, you might have been in the session. It's like she asked us all to come up with uh, what are what are the things that we need? What's our what's our menu? Like, what are the things that we need to feel great on any given day? Like, what does it require? Or in just in life in general, she asked us to like make a list, you know. And uh, she shared that actually the thing that she most needs, and I hope I'm remembering this correctly, uh, this, is how, <laughs> this is how it's showing up in my mind. Maybe I should clarify. These are not, this is not a direct quote from Melissa. Um, the thing that, that she most needs is, or that she, she most desires is the ability to just kind of surf and to navigate what is arising in the present moment, to make decisions organically, um, to be mindful of all of these conditions, and that this is actually what brings her joy, this, this like dynamic flexibility. And I thought, huh, maybe I need to throw out my, <laughs> my list. It's just like, let me tear up all the things that I needed. It's like this elaborate, Elaborate list of things (laughs) and you know, I think that there's a lot of wisdom to that approach that you know the the intentions that we create are held lightly held lightly 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 or perhaps the intentions You know are deeper roots, but the expectations The calculations are things we hold lightly You know I'm also reminded of the work we did a few months ago on the kosha model. Those of you that were sitting with us in tea and contemplation—I think it might have been September. I don't remember time during quarantine. N- no idea. Could have been 1996. I Maybe mean, it was probably—it was probably September uh, <clears throat> when we are talking about this again from the, um, the Vedic model, the koshas, these like sheaths of being. It's one way of interpreting what a human is. You know, and that, that there's this body layer, this body sheath, literally the food sheath in that system, and then there's an energetic sheath, and there's a wisdom sheath, the subtle sheaths of uh, bliss or radiance. And anyway, that uh, in, the, in the original context, actually, in the Upanishads, the teaching as it's given the student is asking, basically, like, where am I? Or what, 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 is, what is me? How am I composed? You know, where's the, where's the essence of me? And the, the teacher is like, well, you got this food body that's growing and dissolving and will eventually decay and become food for another food body. So it's clearly not there. And then you got this energetic body It's like composed of this prana and et cetera, and it's also dissolving. You know, and so the the idea is that you're looking for yourself in all of these contexts, and it's just not there. And, uh, you know, you can go one way with that teaching and be like, well, nothing in this realm matters because I'm not here. Right? And that's where you get this kind of transcendentalist approach where, oh, nothing that's happening amongst us is actually real right not my vibe personally <clears throat> what i gather from that you know that wisdom teaching is that the st- the stability of being is not to be found in any of those places you know and so all of those are kind of rooms but they're not really the home And so I think when we look at, like, how do we stabilize, whatever that might mean, I think a lot about this idea of, like, how can I feel at home in the context that I'm in right now? You know. And this just constant process of, like, gathering and also letting go. Gathering, letting go. Something that I, might, I may have held very tightly, for a long period of time maybe it's time to let that go maybe that just there's no place for that in the home maybe somebody really important to me gave it to me and maybe it's a it's an objectively beautiful thing but like it just doesn't fit the lamp that i'm that lampshade just doesn't fit the light bulb anymore you know it's like i don't have a it's a beautiful chandelier but i just don't have space for it and i think there's just like all of that happening all the time just organizing the home. So maybe maybe today's leading question is like what are the things that you need to sort of put out for recycling? You know to to feel more at home in the current the current place that you're in. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for tea and contemplation today um let's see what did i discuss i mentioned the kosha model a little bit you can look that up uh, it's k-o-s-h-a and um it <clears throat> might have been the only reference uh, Elisa of course I, I mentioned one of my one of my beloved teachers Elisa Commerce that's E L E S A C O M M E R S E if you're listening to this in real time she has actually just begun a year long um, once monthly study in the topics of anti-racism and mindfulness and uh I just did the first session. It's amazing. There's room for a few more folks. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you can you can reach out to me. Um, my uh, email address, recently updated, is New info. email address. <laughs> it's info, as in information, info at adamgrassi.com, A-D-A-M-G-R-O-S-S-I.com. I made the switch specifically because i'm so tired of saying adam at adamgrassi.com it's been (laughs) driving me crazy and now i'm info over to you Suze.
0: you could also you could have one that's called hello i have one that's an alternate that's that's true hello i could have i
1: thought about that but then it was like if you're if you're engaged in dialogue with me do i keep saying hello you know
0: Mm, that's true that's true i don't i don't know so yeah I mean, so you can reach, y'all can reach me at um, my website is being tea, Um, and you can reach me at suz, S-O-O-Z, at beingtea.com, or hello at being tea.com whichever one of those is easier for you to remember. Uh, tea and Contemplation is offered as a live session every Friday morning, 8 a.m. Central time. So if you would like to join us for a little company with the group, you are very welcome to come sit with us for some tea and some chat, and we hope to see you sometime soon. Bye.